As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. It's a new day! Yes, it is! Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome... To Wild and Crazy Guys! The Athletic presents Hogan Johns. For the win. We're going to consistently put players in position to succeed. The most important piece is we're going to take the North and never give it back. From CHGO, it's Adam Hope. I don't think that this is a, bit, a full rebuild, but you definitely have to retool your roster. And from the Athletic, it's Adam Johns. Hey, what's up, Flues? And we're going to have measurable ways for standards of performance every single rep, every single game. Anyway, uh, who cares? Now, here they are. The Adams, Hogan Johns. What's up? Welcome in. Hogan Johns. We're back, baby. Adam Hogan isn't. Kevin Fishbane. And if you're watching on YouTube, a fully bearded Kevin Fishbane is here for a camp preview. What's going on, Kev? It's my off-season beard. Just a little bit longer than in-season. And uh, so, I don't know if you know this, Johnsy, but if you're on vacation, Hogan periodically makes a few jokes about it on this here show i never partake i just you know let him let him do his thing so you know you have the floor here he's i mean this is the time to go away so but uh you know you might want to give it back to him a little well bit. we haven't gotten the the snapback hat picture yet on twitter That's true. That's where he true. promotes our merch you could go to obviousshirts.com for that stuff. Got that out of the way. We haven't gotten that picture yet to annoy us. So maybe he's just going uh, fully quiet. Yeah, might be. Nah, no Do you jokes. think he's listening no to this? He probably will tomorrow on his ride home. He'll send us some So cookies. if you have any good jokes, make sure you get them in here in a couple minutes. Mm. If they come to mind. I'll work on it. Okay. Yeah, I got nothing off the top of my head. We'll get a few in there. Probably working he, you know, on his what, hair or something. He, yeah, the hair. I was gonna say, Hogue's like he's hard to make fun of. No, oh, uh, you gotta do it the right way. He's probably working on his draft board, his grades, yeah, all yeah, that good stuff. Call. Good call. Watching punters from Carmel and whatnot. Working on long snapping drills. Texting Chris go. Tabor for advice. That's what he's I doing did, on vacation. Now, Hogue Hogue is part of another podcast, and I happened to jump in the YouTube comments there. Uh, Troll last week, and I did ask uh, for his top ten rankings of Bears personal protectors for the punter. <laughs> yes, 
And he didn't he didn't provide them. He just gave me number one, which is DHC. I want to know who the backup is. Well, we all is. know that. Come on, I want to know the third string. Come on. I mean, this is... This is his thing. This is special teams. Well, it is only his second year coaching special teams, so maybe he's trying to to right. learn a bit more. No, yeah, nothing. Yeah, no. I mean, special teams. I, I would hope that he's spending a vacation trying to figure out an answer to my question. He's got to work on his quarterback rankings for twenty twenty three. Yeah, he's keeping himself busy. Yeah, I'm sure he is. I'm sure he yeah. is. All right, you guys know the deal. As I knock my cord out of the wall, I'm Adam Johns. You can read me and Kevin Fishbane. K Fish Bane. That's K Fish B A I N. I think I spelled it wrong last time you were on the show. Got it right oh, no. this time. Yeah, you didn't correct did you, me. Did you give me the B E I N? No, I don't know what I did, but okay. someone called me out on Twitter. <laughs> but here you are, filling in for Adam Hogue. It's the Fish Bane and John's podcast. Oh, I don't like that. John's and Fish Bane podcast. <laughs> Sorry, he's got the post-it note. If you're watching on YouTube, yeah, I think he's just going alphabetical. Yeah, that's probably right, probably right. But you know the deal. You can read us on theathletic.com. Adam Hogue is on allchgo.com. Check him out there. Kevin, let's start with this. You ran your annual Bears survey. And just my first question off of that, you can check that out on theathletic.com. Kevin does it every single year. Why did Sid Luckman beat out Jay Cutler this year after Jay Cutler, for some reason, beat him out the past two years? <laughs> yeah, so one of my favorite questions, John Z, is who is the best Bears quarterback of all time? I do it each year. Cutler won in 2020. Cutler won in 2021. But, I mean, if you look at the last calendar year, Sid Luckman put up good numbers. <laughs> Jay, not so much. Um, I don't know. Uh, you know, our, Jay's been much more in the media over the past year. He's got right? his own podcast. He's got his own podcast. Maybe some folks, you know, decided to use the poll to express any kind of disagreements with one Jay Color. Maybe now that more time has passed from the Color era, you know, because sometimes I thought that, you know, with the struggles with Mitch Trubisky, then you go to Foles and Dalton and then Fields' tough rookie season, that it would increase the uh, appreciation for Jay. But maybe in the past year, there's been a little bit of a flip of that. Uh, maybe Bears fans, you know, d- decided they wanted more. So, uh, yeah, that was a that was a big news. Sid Luckman, uh, now the Athletics' best Bears quarterback of all time, and we'll see who wins next year. There you go. Well, voted on by readers. Yeah, two thousand more than two thousand readers. Two thousand. So oh, great results, gear. I, I I'm obviously kidding by bringing this up first, but I do want to make like this observation about it. I feel like Cutler's become like this very lovable character post-career where almost all the frustrations of his career have been forgotten. And maybe that's because of Trubisky. Mike Glennon would certainly make a Jay Cutler look a lot better. I believe mm-hmm. that was his first replacement, if I remember correctly. But Sid Luckman has been, always has been, the Bears' best quarterback, and that's been the most long-standing problem with the franchise. I will give some credit to the four people who wrote in Josh McCown. <laughs> One of them is probably Mark Carmen. Probably. Yeah, good yeah. friend. Friend of the show. Um, anything else going through your survey? Seems like the well, the same as usual vote struck me, and I, I get that feeling. Take us through that question if you can. Yeah, I just wanted to feel what people, the, the level of confidence in, in the direction of the franchise, because so much of this offseason has been Ryan Poles kind of takes over. It is his team, brand new direction. Um, 
lots of new philosophies, lots of new people in the building. So I wanted to get the sense of what Bears fans felt. And, you know, nearly 30% said they were very confident compared to only 7% said they're not buying what he's selling. But I did throw in the option of it's the same as usual, it's still the Bears, which was 63%. Because I do think there is a sense of you can change the GM, you can change the head coach, you can change the quarterback. There's one thing you can't change. And, you know, we, we, we've we talked about this a lot that, you know, to, to quote uh, our good friend Mark Silverman, Sylvie, it starts at the top. And, and I think there's a sentiment that as long as the people who are ultimately in charge are making the decision that leads to Ryan Poles, that leads to Matt Eberflus, that leads to the coordinators and the players, um, that this thing is just not going to be a consistent winner. So your, ex- your exact question was, what best describes your level of confidence in the direction of the franchise? And with 63.4% of the vote, it was same as usual. It's still the Bears. With Matt Eberflus, I want to say it feels even more business as usual, doesn't it? Like, just it's a defensive-minded coach who is from that Lovey Smith, Tony Dungy tree, talking about takeaways and forced fumbles, all that stuff that we've heard so often before. So that would be my vote. That was my vote. Same as usual. It's still the Bears. You have, again, we did a long story on this. You have a GM, a quarterback, and a coach who are not aligned. They may say all the right things about Justin Fields right now, but Matt Eberflus and Ryan Poles were not here to draft Justin Fields. They inherited Justin Fields. So you still have the same as usual, where the top three football guys, your quarterback, your GM, and your coach are not aligned again. Yeah, and I think I I, I do think a big theme. And I don't think we're, the, we we can't. That's not an overblown point. Like no, you may like Justin Fields. This isn't a criticism of Justin Fields. It's a criticism of the entire franchise and how it's functioned under George McCaskey. Yeah, and it's not Justin Fields' fault that they're not aligned. It's not Ryan Poles' fault that they're not aligned. I mean, we've just like we all know all the things that led to the Bears to this point. Um, I, but I, the, I I do think a theme of the survey results when it pertained to this year's team, was very much wait and see. I think people are understandably not that confident, but they're also not ready to not give Ryan Poles, Matty Rufus, and Justin Fields a chance. Um, we can get into some of the Justin Fields stuff, but I do think there's just this overall, like, tepid, like, we just don't know. Like, we'll see. You know, I, 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 but for the most part, I think people are just, you know, you look at the roster, you look at the recent history, we're talking about a team that hasn't won a playoff game in more than a decade. So it's understandable that even though people are happy it's a new regime, um, that it's just hard to really get that excited about this group. We'll just look at the roster. <laughs> yeah. Oh, speaking of, for the listeners, check out Monday. You can meet the 90 Bears. And I did find at least one sentence to write about all 90 Bears. Wow. That's a... And uh, let me tell you, for those of you going to Lake Forest, when they hand out rosters, get a roster. Because <laughs> you're just not going to know who a lot of these guys are. Make fun of us if you want. But in my, this is what, our 11th or 12th season? They all run together at this point. 12th? Yeah, this this is my 10th, so I believe it means it's your 11th. 11th. I've yeah. been here since Lovey Smith. And yep. this is the, just in terms of quantity, 
the turnover of this roster just feels so significant. Like you see a play, like a standout play, and you double check your roster like three or four times just to make sure you got the right guy. That's how it feels. Before you could you could tell who was making the plays, you knew who was starting, you knew who the backups were. This is different. There are so many new faces on this team. Uh, let's stick with Justin Fields. Um, another question you had in your survey. Again, check it out at theathletic.com. How confident are you that Justin Fields will be a star? And a lot of three, four votes there. Take us through what that means, actually. Yeah, so I said five at the highest. Um, and, you know, what's interesting to me was the comparison from last year, right? So this year, one to five, five being most confident, 39.7% gave it a four. Last year, that was 529 so I think that kind of shows you a big decrease. But I do think, again, a lot of people picked three, 38.3%, a lot more than they did last year. So again, I think that's the that shows you the, oh, we saw his rookie season. We're just not sure if he's going to be the guy. So I, I think that was reflected. It's like we still want him. We still are hopeful. We have, There's a lot of reasons that we've talked about on the show all you know summer, spring, winter long. But there definitely is a diminishing of confidence not a ton overall in, in in what his potential is a lot of it is and we'll get to camp storylines here to close off the podcast like can he overcome what's around him right there's right. problems yeah. in front of him outside of him behind them sounds good but there are widespread concerns about that offense including the offensive coordinator which is my next on my list here to discuss yeah i mean new playbook uh new scheme new players to throw to. So yeah, so if even if you feel like individually Justin Fields has what it takes, it, th- there's going to be some growing pains this year. I think the thing that goes against Justin Fields too, and we, we talked about this during the Mitch era, is we are now in a, an era, again to use that word, where the great quarterbacks are great almost immediately, right? Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert. Yep. J- Deshaun Watson. Patrick Mahomes, um, the 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 exception is Josh Allen, right? So what you're essentially rooting for is Justin Fields to be Josh Allen. But when you do that, you're rooting for an exception in a way. Now, I think there's a lot of different ways to look at that where you don't have to get that extreme. Like Justin Fields could still be a top 10 quarterback in this league. It doesn't have to be Josh Allen, uh, but he could still be really good at what this team needs. Um, but it, it's... Like it, it's hard when you look at recent data to sit here and look at that rookie season and you can make every legitimate excuse, very legitimate excuse and still struggle to say, oh, I, I know he's going to be a star like John's. I wish I put that poll out on May 1st of 2021, like the day or two after he was drafted. I mean, the euphoria in this town. Yeah. And that you know that shifted the a little euphoria bit. Euphoria at Hell's Hall. Oh my goodness! Like a second so, chance. Yeah, they thought they and, were getting a second chance. And, and I think that you know that that just has dissipated a little bit. And again, most of this is to no fault of Justin Fields. We all know that they did not have the right offense for him last year. Everything was a mess. And then again, like with Mitch, there are just things that you know the the there's not a lot of patience anymore in this league for quarterbacks to take their time to become great. I think, well, nine sacks in Cleveland will, mm-hmm. 
you know, that, that's a hard dose of reality about where he was as a quarterback at that point. But also indication of just how bad maybe offensively the Bears were to coach up a young quarterback. I do think some of the criticisms out there of Fields, there's some over nitpicking on who he is and what he can be, but he's still got to prove it. He's still got to show. Like, that you can have hope, but he needs to be better than last year. I think we can all agree. About, there's a lot of statistics. There's a lot of advanced analysis. Then there's just the eye test. Everything has to be better for Justin Fields in year two, and how he does that with the help he has around him, like, that is the biggest storyline of camp, of the season, of everything this year in 2022. Yeah, I know we're going to get to your storylines at the end, but I mean, he could be store, top 10 storylines, all 10 of them. Yeah. Yeah. I thought about doing that, but, you know, I want to talk about Tevin Jenkins just a little bit. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. Little tease. Um, it doesn't seem uh, that voters weren't exactly blown away by what Luke Getzey can provide Justin Fields. Am, am I right in saying that? Yeah, I gave bad I, I gave bad options. I got roasted a little bit in the comments. Um, from some of our loyal readers for uh, I, so my options were well, the question is what are your expectations for offensive coordinator Luke Getze so you know kind of on the negative side I'm nervous about a first time play caller on the ultimate positive side he will be the difference maker for fields in the offense and earn a head coaching position and then kind of in the middle I was like the personnel isn't good enough doesn't even matter because that's the one thing I'm you know you, you talk about with fields too like Look what Getzy has at his disposal. Like, how could you really expect this group to look good? Like, he could be a master schemer, and look what he has to work with. So, most people picked that. The same amount of people picked nervous versus he could be the guy. We just don't know. I mean, I, I think, if anything, John Z, voters are, I, I feel like based on that vote, fans are going to be patient with Luke Getzy. I think there is going to be an understanding of what he's coming into. Um, and look, this is a guy that got a head coaching interview last year. He's he's obviously got some respect around the league, um, but it is his first time as an NFL play caller. So I think there's going to be, uh, let's just say, I, I feel like there will be more patience for him than most offensive corners who come through Chicago. <laughs> Which one? There's been so many. So many. So, so many. Speaking of Jay Cutler, offensive coordinators, right? Um, I was not surprised by offensive line being the number one concern for everyone in America. <laughs> yeah, not even close. I mean, 64% of the vote, not even close. I mean, wide receiver, I get it, but yeah. there is a, a wide open race at right guard, and I am really interested to see if Tevin Jenkins becomes one of the horses in it. Ooh. Why not, right? I, I, I mean, I'm with you. I, I'm 100% with you. My my one thing is like, you had all of those OTAs in minicamp. Why wouldn't you just throw them in there just to see his movement? A bit? I don't know. But like... Like that's the time to experiment. Yeah. Yeah, you no, got time I, to experiment come training camp, but eventually you want to find your best five and get some chemistry going. Yeah. Now this is... Um, is offensive line storyline number two? Uh, I actually had it number three. Okay. Yeah. Because I mean, I think... From a training camp specific standpoint, we always talk about you really get to know these guys when the pads come on. It's like that's the position, right? And the three guys that are Tevin Jenkins, Larry Boring, Braxton Jones. Like 
ideally two of those three are starting at tackle and they're not bringing it, trying to find Jason Peters off a fishing boat again. Um, but you're right. Right guard is like, I don't know, Jazzy. Like, could you really see Sam Mustafer starting at right guard in week one against San Francisco? Yes. But he's also on the bubble, in my opinion. Yeah. Just watching yeah. how practices have unfolded. Well, I, I like the idea of there being a, just a very open competition. A lot of these guys, hopefully, will get a shot there. Then again, you want to see a guy just jump it up and grab it. And that's why, you know, the first padded practice is what? It's usually Friday, Friday or Saturday. So that'll be kind of that. That'll be big time to, to, to really see where these guys are at. All right, before we jump into a full camp preview, um, I was kind of surprised that the voters in your survey are kind of torn on moving to Arlington Heights. I thought it would be more like, yeah, let's go, brand new stadium, this is going to be great. Maybe there's a casino out there, hotel, restaurants, maybe the racetrack is still there. But no, some folks are still torn to the shoreline, lakeshore. Yeah, I think that there's a couple things in play. I think people who live in the city are, are not excited about possibly having a trek out to Arlington Heights, similarly to how people who live in the suburbs might not enjoy going to the city. Um, I, I, I think there is a wistfulness for what Soldier Field stands for. You know, people, a lot of people wrote in the columns, you know, but what they would miss most, the history. I did joke that, you know, we talk about Soldier Field being this historic place. It is a historic place. But not for the Bears, right? They've they only played been there at Wrigley. For, they played there for fifty years. Yeah, like I mean, you you talk to like the generation above us, and they'll tell you some of their great Bears memories took place at Wrigley Field, not Soldier Field. Um, you know the lakefront and just the, like look, what they build in Arlington Heights will probably be something amazing. But you're never gonna have that scene of the lake and the skyline. And the beaches, and the boats that you get now, and, and I think people people like that. So I, I get it, but I, I, you know, it was, it was hard to gauge like um, you know, what people prefer because I kind of I was an open ended like what excites you most about Arlington Heights, what excites you least, what will you miss most from Soldier Field, um, but a lot of people kind of said nothing. A lot of apathy about it, but I think I think there there was probably more than I thought of people who were. Um, you know, enjoy the fact that there's a stadium right there on the lake in Chicago. Well, it's still kind of a tourist attraction. Games like yeah. that. Arlington Heights doesn't exactly scream, let's go to Chicago. And that'll be a traffic nightmare. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you got the Metro going right by it, but that'll be a traffic nightmare out there in Huntington Heights as well. Need some infrastructure updates. I get it. I get it. There was uh, a Bears fan came up to me the other day and they brought up Arlington Heights. And they had little to no faith in the Bears actually like building it right. And what I tried to to tell him is that Hallis Hall, believe it or not, they did it right in terms of yep. the expansion. Now you may have to rehire Ryan Pace to take over that, <laughs> that overhaul or whatever plans you want for Arlington Heights. But the Bears, they did it right. Hallis Hall is beautiful. I think it would shock some Bears fans how impressive it is. And they only get a glimpse of it a, a little bit when they come out there for training camp, but it's an impressive yeah. facility right now. Wasn't Ted Phillips was kind of the point man for the Soldier Field renovation 20 years Ye- ago? Years ago, yes. And he's he's right now, he's the point man for Arlington Heights? For now. For now. Yeah, so what are people worried about? 
Well, touche. Uh, we hire Ryan uh, Pace to run it. <laughs> uh, real quick, one more thing from a survey. I wanted your take on the, the, the jersey question. What jersey would you buy? Not Justin Fields, of anybody on the team. And you know, you wrote in the vote, and in fifth place was no one. <laughs> like people took the time to write in no one, nobody would not buy a jersey that came in fifth place, which I think just gives you a sense of the you know, combos like the animosity, yeah, uh, and an- yeah. anonymity of this team, that there's just a lot of unknown guys. All right. Two thoughts on this. Um, have you seen the video of that obnoxious adult call him that if you will trying to get the the autograph yes. where he's literally like elbowing a kid in the head at the all-star game festivities to get you know a, a ball signed by someone who's like 20 years younger than him. like that's pathetic behavior like do you see that yeah yes i did and and i think back in our bourbon a days we saw a few of those people uh lining the the gallery yes yes so yeah. i don't know why i thought about that just in terms of of, of no name because it, it is i think that's why you see a lot of Peyton's out there, you know, a lot of Hamptons out there because those are childhood favorites. It, so I, I'm going to to what my kids want. They want the Justin Fields jersey, right? Right. They but want, he wasn't. You you weren't allowed. To I know you, you could have been, put them in. Yeah. Um, David Montgomery. Um, my son has a David Montgomery jersey. Uh, he likes him. Uh, my other son wants a Darnell Mooney jersey. I was gonna uh, say. I I think if I had to. If if I had to pick one, like if my son was like, I want a jersey, I would probably go Darnell Mooney because you because you, you also want some longevity. You want the guy to be there for a while. You want him to be the type of player that your kid's going to like look up to who like, you know, I, I hate the phrase does it the right way, but that's kind of how Darnell Mooney is. David Montgomery, the same way. Um, and wide receiver, you know, all the kids want to be. Wide yes, receivers. the offensive so, players, or yeah. kids are always drawn to the offensive players. Right. Everybody wants to run with the ball. Yeah, I could see Komet. You know, he he got a, a decent amount of love um, being the hometown guy. The city likes likes a good tight end. But I, the the other surprising result, John Z, was Jaquan Brisker. I saw that. Jaquan Brisker came in fourth, and obviously it's because everybody read the great story I wrote about him last month. Um, but it could also just be plug it, this. Is, this is a town that loves safeties that has like wanted the next Mike Brown. You know, for two years, they thought Eddie Jackson was it. Eddie Jackson came in second in this poll, I believe the first time I did it. He has fell out of the top 10 this year. I think there is, I think the fans have read and seen that we've seen some good things from Brisker already. And that's a position where it's like, oh, I could, I could really get on board with somebody at that spot making big plays for my team. Yeah, absolutely. Roquan Smith, he was high on yeah, there, I mean, wasn't he? Number yeah, one, he, he was. He was number one. Yeah, when he was, I think he was number two last year. And and again, linebacker, you know, phenomenal player. Assuming he signs an extension, you know, first round pick. Yeah, seems to have everything you would you would probably want out of getting a jersey. But if I'm going off like what I see when, when kids at baseball games or football camps or school camps have you, you know, with with my boys, a lot of Fields jerseys. Um, a decent amount of Mooney and Montgomery jerseys, but then like you'll still see kids wearing Peyton jerseys. Like my son's got a Peyton jersey, you know, because well, if any good yeah, parents it, should enlighten their their sons about <laughs> the, the John of the Fox. Team. I mean, think about the John Fox era, right? Like maybe you saw Forte and Jeffrey jerseys. You you did see some Cutler jerseys. 
You saw some Kyle Long jerseys. But you would almost always see more Urlacher, more Peyton, more uh, Ditka, Buckkiss, you know, guys like that than the current team. Then you had this little spell after 2018 where you finally saw more current players represented. You saw a lot of Trubisky jerseys, tons of Mac jerseys. I mean, he was number one for yeah. sure by a mile. Um, Eddie Jackson. So you saw a lot of that after 2018. And then now we're kind of back in this. You know, maybe you'd rather have the guy from 85 as opposed to the guy from 2022. If you're into this jersey conversation, not just like the look, but like what people are wearing, follow John Greenberg. If you haven't already, our, our colleague um, from The Athletic here, every game, especially earlier in the year, he does like a he walks around the stadium and gets a feel for <laughs> which players are now favorites in this town based on what jerseys people are wearing. It's always fun. What What's the last jersey you got i imagine like as a gift or, or bought do you know like like for myself yeah yeah like if somebody gifted you a jersey probably when you were i imagine it would have been like when you were a kid i had an old latrell sprewell jersey oh my yes yes yeah. um i had a pippin i was a pippin guy scotty pippin that was, i mean jordan's guy jordan's the best ever but scotty pippin was my guy um uh I don't remember. Now, I remember the Sprewell one. Uh, were you wearing those to school? No T-shirt under it. Let it, let it all. You know, I, I was a Catholic it, school kid, so we had we, oh, we couldn't wear. True. We, had, we yeah. had to wear uh, blue polos. So no, <laughs> <laughs> no. You um, can wear it under your polo. Yeah, yeah. But uh, my youngest will rock the the Jordan jersey that he has with the undershirt. He thinks it's a cool look. Not bad for a mm. five year old boy. <laughs> I, I got one holidays. It would have been probably ninety eight, ninety nine. I got a Randy Moss jersey. Ah, that was a cool one. Um, and then I, and then obviously I have like a shelf of Northwestern jerseys. You know, of, of like who? Yeah, Damian Anderson. <laughs> yeah. I've got. Uh, I have like a. I think. I have one that I I learned later was like a knockoff. It was like there's no number on the front and there's a 51 in the back. So it's like this weird like Fitz jersey that they screwed up with the, you know, manufacturer. Uh, so I do have a Fitz jersey. I've got Damian Anderson. I think I have a Tyrell Sutton jersey for the Die Hard Northwestern But those fans. don't have names on all of them, do they? No, no. The Damian Anderson does because I got that when I, as a gift and the person like went to one of those places where you could put... You could put you could put the name on, um, so yeah. But I don't I don't think I had any uh, any good NBA jerseys. I was a bit. You know what I was? This you you can make fun of me for this. I was a big jersey guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I you know Those I was kind of big with the kids. Yeah, I was very scrawny. I didn't need anybody seeing like my forearms at school. So I I liked the jersey. So I had I had Mark Pryor. That was that was yeah you know, that was a jersey I wore a fair amount. I had a Ryan Bobby Jenks Sandberg jersey as my favorite Cub growing up. Is this the part, by the way, where the YouTube commenters are going to yell at us? Probably. Yeah. It's okay, but but the Chicago ones, the Chicago listeners will feel a bit nostalgic. You know what? Instead of yelling at us, put in the comments your favorite jerseys that you got, or the most random ones. Yeah, I feel like the, my, the random my, ones are fun. I had a buddy growing up who got a Tim Hardaway Heat jersey. Did that sound right? Was he not in the Heat for a little bit? Yes. Yeah. The killer crossover. Mm -hmm. Oh, memories. Memories. Uh, a friend of the program, 
Chris Emma has a collection of very random like bearish jerseys from the early 2000s. Really? Yeah, he's got a he's got a very uh, eclectic sort of of jerseys lying somewhere. So, okay. Good to know. <laughs> Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24/7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Let's talk about training camp real quick before we get out of here. Um, It's here, everybody. We wanted to give you this episode before some players actually show up officially at House Hall. So Saturday, this Saturday, let me get the exact date. What is this Saturday? Saturday, July 23rd. Rookies, quarterbacks, and injured veterans report to Hallis Hall. So camp starts before it even starts, really. That's the that's the Saturday. Yep. On Tuesday, the 26th, that's when we get invited back up to Hallis Hall. That's where they have the 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 opening training camp press conference, and that's when all veterans report to camp. It's when they have their conditioning tests and all that stuff. So camp, it's here. Saturday. I like to call it, it's like the pitchers and catchers day. Starts yeah. on Saturday. You ready, Kev? Uh, you know, first day of school, right? I, I, I will get nostalgic on Tuesday because I did like that first drive down to A. And you get there and you get all, you get your dorm key. And oh, you're, I miss and those days. Yeah, we're standing on the sidewalk as guys are coming in with their garbage bags of pillows, and you know, bringing their Xbox, and, and we're you know, grabbing guys outside the dorms to talk, and and then uh, we get the big press conference inside Olivet Nazarene University. We write our stories, and we go out to uh, Brickstone for dinner, Donlins for you know a couple cold ones and some bags. Then training camp was underway. 
Can I share a story down there? Because I think time has passed. More like a lot of time has passed. Of course, since this story. It is your so, podcast, even though your name. Yeah, is Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's the full Johns and Fishbane podcast. So Hulk could, whatever. <laughs> Do you remember the day that Jay Cutler did his radio show in the media dormitory, or he did Bears All Access in the dormitory? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So this dormitory that we all stayed in, this is back in, these are the Trestman days. Yes, of, 2013. Of, of the Bears. So this was an all-female dorm when the media is not there. This is where the, this, and so there's, you know, washers and dryers. There's like a kitchen that area. And some poor young lady forgot all her unmentionables mm. in... The, the dryer with all these media members there. Is this okay to share? I'm sharing it anyway. Well, why not? It's a podcast, right? So Jay Cutler shows up with the PR guy to do his Bears All Access show. Somehow, all of those unmentionables ended up on the golf cart of the Bears employee. So when Cutler walks out and the Bears PR guy walks out, that's what they see. They see all these bras and panties. <laughs> All over the golf cart. You don't remember this? I do. Yes, yes. And then I, all I remember, because it's still a mystery till this day, who did it? It is. I, I have no idea who did it. Was it me? I was a prankster, but I didn't do this one. Um, where he parked, the the bushes were just filled with all the stuff that was now thrown onto the cart for them, and now all over the bushes outside that tent. Did I deliver it correctly? I think it's funnier than yeah. maybe I delivered it, but no, it's, uh, I always it got was, a kick out of that. Yeah, listen, the, someone the tried to prank camp, Cuddy. It was, you know, it from, was, from it was the a media, still secret. You know, we was it uh, Larry Mayer would always get his golf cart taken <laughs> after he drove it to uh, to Dodland. So you'd have you'd have fun things like that. Now, but, I, no, now I, that I will admit to because I took multiple. <laughs> yes, I, I was. One of the thieves of the golf cart that I'm would be parked remember, in front of the players. I, I do remember taking part in moving all the couches from the lobby area and stacking them in front of somebody's door. Oh, we got in trouble for that one. We did get in trouble for that. Fire hazard. Um, yeah. Um, but, you know, I will say this. You know, Our good friend who we miss dearly, Moon Mullen. Moon, I felt like, was a little bit the king of Bourbon. He and 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 uh, JJ Stankovan sent me this video that the old Comcast Sportsnet Chicago did a day in the life of Moon at training camp in 2011. And he's in his bike gear, getting ready to do his morning ride. And then he's at the lunchroom doing interviews. He's at practice, taking attendance. Um, he's back in his dorm room writing. And then, as you and I know, when Moon was done with his work, he put on head to toe scrubs. Yeah. He put on doctor scrubs. <laughs> like, that was like, his was like relaxing yes, gear. Yes. And he would sit in the lobby and watch TV. And, you know, as you walk in, whether you're coming from the gym or coming from doing some work, he would be there to greet you. I, 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 I always thought it was Moon who threw the panties on Jay oh. Cutler's cart. <laughs> we'll never know. Because he's the only one who ever did laundry. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. But, and we'll actually, I saw. I, I, I actually some, hope it was Moon. I hope he's. I yeah. hope he's listening to our podcast right now in heaven or the afterlife, whatever you want to believe. He's, have, and he's, he's having laughing a glass his of red. And, yeah. <laughs> Yo, Moon, and I appreciate some people tweeted this at me when I noted it. You know, I used to love watching practice with the Moon. I would try to get up to one. Of, he'd be in the top row of the bleachers with the fans, 
and and it was always fun to watch with him and a bunch of fans noted that he would talk with them and like he was just like the greatest one if you're a bears fan you wanted to talk to a reporter during practice you could go to moon and he yeah. would he would entertain it and um you know obviously it's gonna be a tough training camp for all of us we're not gonna have moon we're not gonna have jd um who you know i, I would be i would be kind of rolling out of bed you know maybe a little slow to get to practice and here's JD. He's already done like a three mile run. He's as peppy as can be. I mean, we could be talking about you know about to cover a you know six and ten John Fox team, and he is just just stoked to be there because he always reminded us how lucky we were to be doing what we were doing. Yes, yeah, both of them. We'll, Moon yeah, and JD. We'll, yep, and and the two of them would be the ones that want to go to the wine bar in Bourbonnet. Believe it or not, there is a wine bar in Bourbonnet. There is, there is. Um, ah, I'm gonna miss him. Um. All right. Let's all right, go now, through the YouTube commenters. You can't make fun of this little tangent in the comments because no, be this to, is great. This you know, is great stuff. Behind great the stuff. scenes stuff. You know, I, I admitted to stealing Larry Mayer's Debauch, golf cart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll do this uh, again at this and this podcast next year. I'm sure. Yeah. But oh, we um, got to find a way to prank Larry somehow at current <laughs> camp. But anyway, I'm sure. I'm sure we'll find a way. Quickly, let's spend like five to ten minutes just going through yep. some of the camp storylines. Um, number one, everything that Justin Fields does and doesn't do. Well, mm-hmm. bad, you know, whatever he does, whatever he says, it's a story of camp. I I think we're all going to do our best to ride the wave, right? If you're watching, I'm doing a little wave here because he's going to have rough days. He's going to have good days, but I, I, I just... I want to see the consistency, right? Like that lacked from the whole season. Like he never had that full four quarters of great football. So like, can he put together a start to finish great practice and then do it again the next day? I think that's going to be um, something I'll be watching for just to be the ability to, to kind of be consistent. What I don't look forward to is when he has that one bad day, like a bad mm-hmm. seven on seven. Cause Hogan and I have talked about this. Like I don't want to see bad seven on sevens. So if he has one, there'll be some overreaction, both sides, like telling us not to overreact, telling us to, hey, it's just practice to the other side, like, whoa, what's going on? Why does he look good? I think he's at this point. Okay, this is probably unfair. I just don't want to see him running around, throwing the ball out of bounds. If the ball gets knocked down, I just want to see quick decision making in a drill that should favor the offense. Yeah, that's the thing about camp is that it does favor the offense. Like you should see the offense succeed. They're going to throw things at him, you know, and the defense is going to throw things at him because they're going to want to challenge him. But ultimately, the receiver should be getting open. He's not going to have an, a live pass rush, and he should be able to again, you know, have consecutive runs of completions and and stack good drives and stack good practices. So, consistency. I, I just I'm going to hammer it. All the way through is like you, you just want to see that from him. I think this offense could provide more consistency consistency at some point for him. I don't think it's going to happen right away because we didn't see it at all in the offseason program. Again, when everything favors the offense or should favor the offense. Um, but, but we'll see. Um, that's it. Um, number two. I want to see if Jaquan Brisker and Kyler Gordon can, can continue to make plays like they did in the offseason program. I should have put number two up like this. but Because they had, even with Gordon eventually missing time, I think when we were there, they stood out to us. 
And I know for a fact when the what the Bears were getting, they were loving from their two second round picks. The number one favorite move from the GM on the survey was drafting those two. And I think that, you know, we know that there was a desire to get an offensive tackle or a wide receiver. But if these guys are as good as the Bears think they are, a lot of draft analysts think they are, you have a starting corner starting safety for a long time. And I do think that you're going to see those two make plays. I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to watching Gordon. And, 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 you know, someone who's such a smooth athlete like him, I think that'll stand out. Um, it's sometimes hard because, again, it's hard to be a cornerback in training camp. Like, everyone's rooting against you kind of because they want to see big plays. Um, but, yeah, I, I would I would put Kyler Gordon probably top five of players I'll be watching next yeah, week. Yeah, absolutely. Right, I'm going to merge these next two. This is number three. I'll actually put number three up here if you're watching on YouTube. The holes on the offensive line, specifically at right guard, how that is filled because I think it's a wide open spot, but also how Tevin Jenkins responds to finishing camp or sorry, finishing the off season program as a backup. I think that's a loud and clear challenge of his talent of who he is and what he can be. When I'll keep coming back to the, when the pads come on, I feel like we, we could see one of two things. When the pads come on, Tevin Jenkins could be that mean, nasty, road-grading, athletic offensive tackle that they drafted last year to be the tackle of the future. Or we could see why the staff hesitated with him. We might see that that back surgery has lingering effects. I mean, we're going to learn a lot. Of, you know, we, When you guys do this podcast in two weeks, you're going to learn a lot. The one thing, too, with both these spots, John C., is will the Bears have to bring somebody else in at some point? I mean, both, that, I mean for guard if, or tackle. Again, if you're calling a player who's fishing at that moment that you're calling him, it's a problem. Mm-hmm. That's a problem. And they got really lucky with Jason Peters. So when they do bring in a veteran, you, you, you can't expect them to be able to step in and be the, the starter left tackle all year and, and do a fine job. I was on this podcast gosh, last month, and this was just after we talked to Tevin Jenkins. And like, I was encouraged by his mindset. Like, oh, he seems in a good place. He's doing Pilates. Physically, he looks good. He's moving okay on the field. He can only get better. And then, like, literally the next practice that we saw, he's with the backups. So I think this is a bit of a roller coaster for, for the second round pick right now. See how he reply. See how he, he responds because it's clear to me that they want to challenge him. It's clear to me. Yeah. Um, that's another point here in terms of storylines. What Eberflus says and doesn't say about who's playing where and when and how, like his messaging. I think we've seen some of that. Whether it's Jalen Johnson playing with the second team after missing the the voluntary portions of the offseason program, or. What's happening with Tevin Jenkins right now? I think he is, call it playing games, if you will, but he's willing to do different things to motivate the players he's inheriting. Look, I mean, this this team is not a Tevin Jenkins away from making a playoff run. I think so much of this year is figuring out, yes, they want to win games, but so much of it is figuring out who is good enough to be here for the long term. And, and and if a guy just doesn't have it, I don't think this regime is going to feel any 
reason to stick with that player longer. And, and, and I know there's sometimes there's some revisionist history about Ryan Pace. Pace and Fox did the same thing in 2015. You know, they tried to find guys that could be part of their core and they moved on quickly from guys who weren't going to work out. That changed at the latter part, obviously, of, of Pace's regime. Maybe some guys stuck around longer than they should have. But I, I think we'll see this staff, as you said, challenge guys because they're just trying to figure out who's worth sticking around here, who, who's going to be part of this core if we're going to become something. I'd even go back to Phil Emery trading Gabe Karimi. Yeah. Remember that? Something to think about. Um, I got an interesting I'll, one for you. The problem with that is Phil Emery also continuing to play Shea McClellan. That's my guy. Moving yeah, on. Yeah. Moving Pickleball on. star. What? Oh, yeah. 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 Um, if, if you're a long-time listener here, you know exactly. You know, Shea's been my guy for a long time. Super Bowl champion. <laughs> Love Shea. <laughs> I'm, some people are laughing somewhere. Um, all right. I got an interesting one for you here. How the carries are shared in camp. Because I have an interesting observation for, for everybody that has not been shared yet. David Montgomery was playing like special teams. And I have never seen him play special teams as a blocker ever until this offseason program. Okay, I think he did it in a preseason game once because he was a rookie and he had to play. But watching him, your number one running back, be a lead blocker on special teams? Like, like what is going on here? He's in a contract year. They've said great things about him. There are great things about David Montgomery to like, but who's going to be the Bears? Like, how are these sherry, sherries, how are these carries shared in camp? Like, what can we learn from it? It's a great point. And I, I remember wanting to get a chance to ask David Montgomery about that. We didn't get a chance to talk to him after we saw him out there on special teams at practice. Well, it goes back to what I just said, right? Who's a part of your future? There's a much better chance that Khalil Herbert's part of this future to Dave Montgomery. But Dave Montgomery That's kind of a shocking statement. Let's like just I terms, agree. I, I think he's it's a state of it's the state of the NFL. And it's the state of that position specifically. Yes. Yes, the running back position in the NFL. If this was five years ago, even, I think Dave Montgomery would have already had a contract extension. I mean, we've heard Matt Eberfuss and Ryan Pulse talk about him. He's everything you want in a football player. He does everything right. I, I think, too, this is a guy who runs angry already. Wait till you see him this year, I think. I think it's going to be yeah. – like I'm not, I'm not putting out – I'm not saying like big numbers or anything like that, but I just think you're going to tell by the way he runs. He's not going to want to talk about the contract. He's not going to want to talk about – he might not even want to talk about special teams, but I think you're going to tell in the way he runs that he understands what's going on. He's very aware of this whole thing. He's just not going to want to talk about it. But, you know, if you're – yeah, if you're Luke Getzey – you know, I would. I think Montgomery's your, your better all-around player. Should get certainly get more touches than Khalil Herbert. But are you also trying to maybe turn Khalil Herbert into your starter for twenty twenty three and twenty twenty four? How do you handle that? Ryan Pohl said at the the combine combine that he liked the running backs room. It's their deepest room. My son right? is watching Stranger Things in the other room right now. Can you hear Ooh. it? I cannot. He's become hooked. Um. Here's one, speaking of guys who belong, guys that are part of the core, guys who are part of the future. This is a gimme. Will Robert Quinn show up? And if he doesn't, what does that mean for Dominique Robinson and Travis Gibson? Well, if he doesn't show up. I don't think he does. 
Yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I I didn't put him on my fifty three man roster projection after minicamp because even it's like, a good projection. Yeah, I just I just don't. Uh, it's hard to envision that. Um, but I you know in a weird way I think Travis Gibson, Dominic Robinson, and I'll even throw Al Kadeen Muhammad in there. You know, we haven't seen him practice yet. This guy had his career year last year. He knows the defense. So there's so there there's at least some intriguing options there at deep at defensive end. But the thing about Quinn is like it's this give and take where he fits in the defense. He could be a veteran presence in the room. He could help your group, but he's not going to be here in 2023. He's your best trade ship right now. Now you you know, could you get more for him in October? But if he doesn't want to be here, what are you going to do? So yeah, I mean it's weird because I think that like I think that could be a, a, a like storyline number two. The problem is that storyline could be over with by Monday. Yes. Tuesday, Wednesday. Tuesday, so. Tuesday when Ryan Poles and Maddie Rufus meet the media. Right. What are the first five questions asked? Up oh, the two Bears more. have tweet the Bears have tweeted. What is it? Their position preview of linebackers. Ooh, Larry Mayer on the case. Um Here's one for you. What is Justin Jones going to become for this defense? Let's not forget that he is Plan B. So not Plan I A, but Plan I, B. I'm I've I've written this a few times that I'm like I'm like good. I feel like I'm driving the Justin Jones hype train. I don't know if anybody is on it. Drive it. But I feel like he's getting underrated because he's Plan B. So I guess it's, it's a fair to underrate him. But this is somebody that, if healthy, that's the big thing with him. If healthy, and you look at the position he's playing and the scheme he's in, you know, what if he becomes something? Like you'll hear me say this a bunch between Nick Morrow, Alkani Muhammad, Justin Jones. I'll even throw a couple offensive guys in there: Lucas Patrick, Byron Pringle, Equinemius St. Brown, Nikhil Harry. All these guys. The Bears are hoping. They can one of those guys is Akeem Hicks, right? What the Bears got when they signed Akeem Hicks to just a it was just a what like a two year ten million dollar deal, you know, back in twenty sixteen, and then look what he became. He became one of the best defensive linemen in the league. So again, I'm not saying any of these guys are going to be Akeem Hicks, but I do think there's this sense of like we're tr- we're we're going to try all these guys who fit everything we want, and we're hoping that there there's still a lot of potential for all of them. And it's a question to me is like who of that group becomes that guy. If I had to put it on somebody right now, Johns, you can hold me to this. I'd say Nicholas Morrow becomes that guy. Okay. Yeah. Is that because he's calling the plays for the defense and Roquan Smith is not? Maybe. I actually didn't have that on my list, but still an observation from the offseason program. uh, For fans that are going to training camp, he's fast. I mean, and that's like, that's something. And and Roquan Smith, too. It's going to be fun, I think, to watch the two of them work together. But yeah, some like one of these guys, you'd imagine, like the hope is all of these guys emerge, right? But reality is, there's a reason these guys were available for as low cost as they were. So the hope is that you know they can get one or two or three of them to really become stars, or not even stars, but become your long-term reliable guys. For those coming out the camp, Nicholas Morrow's wearing number fifty-three. Justin Jones, you know it. Uh yes. Ninety 
three. Oh, well done. Well yes. done. Nailed it. Will number Sutton's number was not retired. Oh, Will Sutton. Yeah. Good pull. Good pull. Last one for you. Who is catching the darn ball at camp? Other Me. than Darnell Mooney. Actually, not either of us because a ball was thrown in our direction. <laughs> that reminds me. W- like, I'll p- put the phone away, Adam Johns, and, and be a little bit more aware. Although I got like notepads and stuff. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, I didn't. Uh, that coach from Northern a, Illinois deservedly he shook, his, us. shook his head at us. Well, the problem was that ball fell. So let's let's break down the play really quick. Okay, it's the end of a, of a goal line play. Fields is scrambling to his left. He throws it. Out, out of the Throw end away. zone, and it goes right in between two of us. And I'm gonna, I'm hand up. I stepped away. So did I. I didn't like, even bother. My hands are full. <laughs> well, for one thing, I, yeah, my hands are full. I was holding a water bottle, holding my notepad. I'm not gonna like stick my arm out and just knock it. And the problem was, it rolled all the way down into <laughs> the no weeds. Is an understatement. Like multiple equipment members came over to this area and looked at each other. And shook their heads and like I think that ball's still there. It went now. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Along with all the balls left there from the kicking competition yeah. a few years ago. <laughs> KC Bednarski's uh, kicks are in there. Yeah, nobody the wanted to like go this. get that ball. So yeah. somebody, somebody in Hallis Hall is watching that clip and, and laughing at the two of us. Just <laughs> I hope so. Moving aside, no, like we did. Um, we literally moved out of the way. Who here? I'll I'll, I'll throw this question at at you. If Darnell Mooney is your number one pass catcher you trust, I would argue Cole Komet might be number two. I would even go as far as saving David Montgomery's number three. <laughs> I just we don't know anything about these other wide receivers. No, and none no. of them showed us much of anything in the spring. I'm trying to think, like who could be this year's Marquise Goodwin? Where you're like, oh, he's fast. Maybe they have something there. I, Byron Pringle. Yeah, it, some it of those underneath crossing routes. Yeah, it should be. Yeah, should be Pringle or or Equinemius St. Brown. I'm I'm very interested to watch Nikhil Harry. Like I'm just I'm very curious to see what he looks like in a Bears uniform and how they use him. Um, but yeah, I mean somebody's got to step up. I'll tell you this though. Actually, you know who's going to be the fan favorite receiver? It's going to be Bayless Jones. Yeah, I think or. I- or Chris Fink. Yeah. Yeah. I actually wrote um, that Chris Fink is my front runner for Tanner Gentry fan favorite of <laughs> camp award. <laughs> it's still named after Tanner Gentry, huh? Who is it yes. before that? Dane Zanzenbacher? Zanzenbacher, Andy Fantuz, Daniel Braverman. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I think that, uh, yeah, but I think Valus Jones is going to be like, I, I think when we leave camp, he will probably have turned a lot of heads. I'll say it again on this show. I was impressed by what we saw in the offseason program. The dude is fast. The dude can catch. And he's big. He's much bigger than I expected. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yep. Like solidly built and can move. I don't know what the ceiling is for him. He is 25. I get it. I get all the concerns. But he's going to stand out to people. I think he definitely will in training camp. Kevin Shaw, undrafted rookie out of Liberty. He's not on the roster. Is he's not on the roster, but he's gonna he's in the running for Tanner Gentry Award. I think he's gonna when the third team comes out, he's gonna be catching pass after pass after pass. Oh, that's a Nathan Peterman show too. That's true. Not All the right. fan favorite. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be yep. fun. Um, I hope that gave everybody a decent preview for camp again Saturday. Rookies, 
quarterbacks and injured veterans report to Hallis Hall. Tuesday will be our next show. Maybe live from Hallis Hall. I'm not, I'm not sure, but that's when we meet Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus. And I think Justin Fields will speak to us that day, too. I don't know. I don't know what the rundown is completely, but we should know more then. Uh, read us, the fish man, the fully bearded fish man, and myself on theathletic.com. Follow us on Twitter if you're not already. Merchandise, hobbyshirts.com. Go mock Adam Hogue on Twitter for being on vacation yet again. Uh, read his stuff at allchgo.com. Any final thoughts, Kev? No, I'm going on vacation. What? Speaking of vacation, yeah. yeah I know you are. I'll, we'll be, back. You Tuesday, I'll be back though. before camp. Yeah, I'll be there. We'll see you Tuesday. Happy. Just sneaking away, quick, quick trip, quick getaway. We all need to quick recharge. Getaway. When you when you have when you have kids, John, you understand the importance of trying oh. to get away for a little bit. We're on the final week of baseball here. Won our mm. first two playoff games yesterday. We got more today. Let's go, boys. That's it. Okay, fine. Anyway, thanks for the uh, good luck, Kevin. Um, we will talk to everybody next week. See ya. Pool reporter Adam. Hodge. Hoge. 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 Hodge. 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 Hodge.